Recorded live. Scuba Obsessed Weekly Podcast. We talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba in the news. Scuba Obsessed Episode 263 is recorded live November 5th, 2015. Welcome back to School Obsessed. I'm Darren Jensen coming to you from the southwest side of the great state of Michigan. We're playing a little bit of warm weather. I think traditionally we call it Indian summer, but I'm sure somebody gets mad if we say that. Joining me this week, we Dive Mentor. How are you doing today, man? I'm very well, thank you. It's nice to be on the healthy side this week. And if you notice, we sound a little different. I have to apologize. Uh, the people who control operating systems update. And it is not dealing at all well with any of my software. There's a good chance that the copy you will hear will be from the recording, which is probably about half the quality we normally record at. So we're going to work issue and hopefully get it back. And also last week, if you notice, we got the podcast a little late after recording last week and Mac didn't get to see this. My hard drive filled up and it took me a couple days to recover. I had to rebuild audio files and get it working, but it, it turned out pretty good. So we had a nice product all in the end. Of- yes, you probably got it about midday Monday uh, before we got that working. So we're going to go jump right in the news. I want to thank everybody who's in the chat room. We had debutante uh, Vanessa Mermaid, St. Louis Sam, and a guest five. So uh, if you're in the chat room, if you can shout out where you're from, if you're new, and let us know, and we'll talk to you a little bit later. But this first article we have and uh, it, I think this is something that is safe to say all the time. You don't want crabs, but I think the kind that's in there. Maybe I need to be more specific. Uh, crabs you catch, cook, and I think I got you back. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Well, let's just do something a little bit different tonight. Uh, instead of going through the news, is there anything in the chat? Any questions in the chat room that you want to hear about? I said we just skip the news. And Matt, did you get? You said you had a dive. Well, I went out tonight. We did uh, Thursday, Thursday. Okay. And I'm assuming somebody can hear us out there because I haven't had a response to anything I wrote. Okay. Well, is that just a reporting and you're recording anyway, correct? Well, I can't respond. said they can. And Vanessa said 60, 65. Excellent. <clears throat> so, anyway, let's go one question, though. I just looked at that uh, first one about the crabs. Uh-huh. That's important. Yeah. I like the part they say do not repeat, do not eat crab caught along the coast, uh, much of California coast till further notice. Sending message issued Tuesday by health officials just days before Saturday's start of the recreational crab season, which may be delayed. That's pretty freaking important when they said um, public health is warning the potentially deadly levels of, what is it, stomach acid? Yeah. Um, found in the, in the crab and rock crab caught along the coastline between Oregon and the southern border of Santa Barbara County. Um, they're talking about the season is going to be delayed and the rock crab fishery closed. Now, that's pretty significant. But if you didn't hear that, when I got the crabs, you could be in the world of hurt. Yeah. And this so how they're putting that message out. And this happens with quite a few fisheries where they'll have a, a problem with something. Well, it said toxic crabs, vomiting, diarrhea, abdominal cramps, headache. Uh, according to public officials, say the symptoms can persist for days. And if you have a severe case, it can carry you. So, I mean, that's pretty important. That, that's a good item to know about. But again, how are they telling people? 
Vanessa, you're from the California area. How would they do that? You can always tell us. And Vanessa said her temperature was 60 to 65. And that's interesting because it says boat owners believe this summer is water, warmer, coastal water, 60 degree plus instead of the typical 54 and less is behind the toxic bloom, which would explain this. She's having a wonderful diving, time diving in warm water, and it's creating toxins in the, uh, in the crabs. Interesting. Key item, don't eat crabs if you're in California. So, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I, I thought so, too. And it's a, oh, oh. So you, where did you end up going uh, diving tonight? Uh, down to Merrimack. Oh, uh, Vanessa said uh, even down to 120 feet. Wow. That, that's more. We'd be about uh, 33 even now if you're in Superior. In our place, you'd be in the car. All right. Let me find out what's going on here for a second. I hate it when you go and flip something and you get that automatic start. Because yep. the question came up of where the uh, item comes from, where the acid come from. Mm-hmm. Let me look real quick. I'm I'm thinking that they're not completely sure, but they believe it to be uh, algae. Yeah, it was um, occurring toxin related to the rise of a tiny plant called pseudo. Forget me pronouncing that one, but it's Nitzchia, N-I-T-Z-C-H-I-A. They're not sure why the plant has bloomed and tainted the crabs, and they do not know when it will subside. So that's quite interesting. And I can't believe it can be warm 120 feet down. We had 41 degrees in the river last week. Tonight it was 51. I cannot account for that. Darren, do you see this comment? I went without a wetsuit since it's so warm. Ah. How do you do a raspberry that far out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. yeah I, get by, I guess that's why you live up there. Yeah, we need a trip there. Yeah, we do need to. No wetsuit. That's not possible. Yeah, I can't tell you the last time I dove without a wetsuit. I want to say it was while I was eating. <laughs> it was like before dive one. Okay, let's, let's since we have people here interfacing with us. And they uh, at St. Louis area. Are they kayaking? And if what's the water temperature there? And if people are not, why not? See what kind of answer we get there. I'm curious. And while we're doing that, I was going to go back to your notes. But anyway, so tonight we had Thursday, Thursday. So um, I had they, my uh, future son-in-law. So I got him kitted up. Um, I'm using the words they use. Kitted up is like English. Or uh-huh. get the gear and what they need. And uh, we didn't take a torch. I keep telling them, if you light the torch in the surface, you go into water, it's going to go out. Of course, they're talking a flashlight when they say torch. But I just still get to the giggles when I talk, talk to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got out there. Uh, see, um, Sarah was out. Jake was out snorkeling. And he built a little blower, which he's having a hell of a good time. Sarah said he could figure, she could figure out where it was at because of the holes in the ground. Uh, see, Richard was there, Curtis. Uh, he was out looking for that on, uh, one boat. And uh, see, I was out, took David Reynolds with me. And then when we were there, we had John, I think, was showing up, and uh, Andy. Andy showed up when we got it out, but uh, Richard stayed so he could go ahead and get dive in. So put a light on the flag. He had a flashlight or torch, and he was out there when I left. But very pleasant. And uh, visibility was six feet, which is not bad considering at 530, it's freaking dark. The leaves in certain areas are two feet thick. Get out down to the to the middle. Uh, it's pretty sandy. Current wasn't real bad, and uh, this is more of a let's go out and have some fun and not do serious competition looking for bottles. But uh, we had a good time. Cool. So, was there anything? I mean, was Viz okay? Oh yeah, we I I could see the I kept tracking him at least for the six feet away. 
and then even the grubbing was excellent for two feet easy uh, and that was without a light so the night side was pretty good i was talking to sarah she's made 20 in a row now wow yep so she got certified this spring she started coming out with us on the thursday thursdays well she came out on a couple of weekends with us but she hasn't missed a thursday thursday yet well i'm going to say that hey, she's got to have the record then well you look at who's been there and he's been going every time john unless he's worked i think john has missed two but we knew he's going to miss them and did you see his post on his new boat not his new his new to him boat that he's getting set up for next year um Richard does the Wednesday night dives, but he's been at the last three Thursdays for, for us. Uh, Jake has been out there every freaking time. Uh, Mary Beth has too until she got bronchitis. Um, so we're getting a nice motley crew out there, plus a lot of people come in and out. So that's really, really good success. And with the weather the way it is, I think Grand Rapids believes they have 80 degrees today, which is a new record for them, for us. Uh, yesterday was absolutely gorgeous today for either flying, jumping, or diving. Mm-hmm. A got windy, and that's why we went where we did, went diving instead. Uh, day before, beautiful autumn day. You could not look for a nicer time. If you want to do anything outdoors, those would have been the two days to do it. Tomorrow, the, the temperature is supposed to be in the 50s because we have the football game tomorrow night. And the debate is who is going out this weekend and where. Cool. Oh, yeah, Bob and them went out last week, too, as I recollect, to um, Lake 16. Nice. And nice. I believe it was, like, freaking cold on the bottom meaning like it normally is. It is very cold out there. And at uh, 70 feet, the viz was none. You had to be 10 foot off the bottom to see anything. So I think part of it had to be because it's so dark, plus any turbulent or turbidity, it just made it unseeable. Above the bottom part, they said it was not too bad. Uh, but they, they got a good dive in the last week at uh, 16. And other major items, not major, but items that went on, uh, SAS had their normal get-together last night, and their presentation was grubby. And I was asked to do a, a presentation on it, but I was not able to go. But uh, Sarah showed up. I can't remember. She said somebody else from the club showed up. And it was take some samples of what you've been finding. So they shared some of the techniques we use when we're out there grubbing. So Sarah's getting around, which is good, making some good contacts. And how about yourself? I was not able to get out. Just so much going on. I had some bottles to clean up from the previous week. I think Sarah got... Um, it looked like a miniature milk bottle about the size of your thumb, maybe half of your thumb, mm-hmm. which is unique. She did find the club golf ball, so it's an official dive. Uh, Jake found a bumper. <laughs> but it had to have been a bumper from something like a Mini Cooper or a older car because it, it's not but uh, two feet from the, you know how a bumper looks, the rod in the middle plus the two edges mm-hmm. out. So he was content with that. He found another anchor. Uh, even though Dave and I were not looking for stuff per se, uh, trying to show him some techniques, he picked up four or five bottles. Nothing old, but items just the same. Uh, did find a lot of crayfish, and he did find a lamprey, which I thought was interesting. Since that's the first one and we, we've talked about, you know, where are they at this year? And then he spots one here at the end of the season. Lamprey, really? Yep. Yeah. And it was the live lamprey? Yeah, it was about a foot long, he said. I asked how long it was. He said he was sort of like burrowed his head into the muck, which was, I'm not quite sure why that would be that way, unless there was something on the other end, under the dirt. Yeah, I, I'm not aware of them. I'm, I guess maybe that's nice. I, mean, I, I don't know how they hibernate or anything like that. I really haven't looked that up lately. But people are getting out there, because it has been unseasonably warm and nice. 
And no, I don't believe it's global warming. I looked at the recent NASA reports, and their pictorials indicate bigger than normal ice shelf up north and expanded territories. So I find that quite interesting. Well, cool. Uh, I don't think I've got anything more. <laughs> well, we've got our wish, uh, uh, Mr. Freeman. Happy birthday. Is it his birthday? I do believe it is. I believe it is today. Oh, I'm so bad about I'm that. On Facebook, Mike. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, it is. It is. Uh, so for long-time listeners of the show, you know, we're talking about the original June. We'll have to have him as a guest speaker one day just so people know you're still alive. <laughs> I mean, he's alive. So they believe we haven't done anything nefarious with him. True, true. Okay. Talking off the wall stuff, we had a good Halloween. Rain like crazy. But we had for a half hour lots and lots of kids. And some of the costumes were outstanding. The one I think everybody liked was seven Santa Clauses. There's three kids, like a little stepladder, bing, bing, bing. They're in the trick-or-treating, and behind them with their parents, <laughs> all in Santa Claus outfits. Wow. It, it was funny. It really was. Well, uh, for for really local news, we had uh, a lot of the local football teams are going out in the playoffs. Yep. Let's see, I think uh, Lakeshore made it, didn't they? Uh, no, Lakeshore got beat last week by Edwardsburg. Oh, Edwardsburg. Wow. Yeah, where my nephew's played. And, in fact, I bought tickets today. We're going to go to the game tomorrow at St. Joe High School, where they play the Eddies from Edwardsburg. Uh, St. Joe has a 9-1 and record, and the Eddies have a 10-0. and yeah. So yeah. it'll be interesting. They have been projected by the local guru. Uh, the score was going to be 38-35, to 35, and I hope it is, but I hope it's the opposite way. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like yeah. to see the Eddies continue to have an unbeaten season. Yeah, we have Benton Harbor, who they've, they've also are going to play another game. That is freaking outstanding. Uh, first year they've made the playoffs, and I keep thinking it was like 18 years. Uh, in the last eight years, they had only won four games in eight years, and they've already won six this year. So this is one of those Cinderella stories. Yeah, they, and, and you hate to give all the credit to the coach, but he has to have quite a bit to do with it. He came out of retirement, yep. had been a coach for St. Joe, and then uh, a couple universities, and actually a pro team, I believe, also as well. Yep. So congrats to them. I know they're flying high. I know not diving related, but hey, what the heck. Yep, and then uh, the school where my kids go to has made the playoffs. Bering Springs, yeah. Bering Springs, yeah, and they're playing Buchanan. So uh, Buchanan's undefeated, and Bering Springs did lose to Buchanan. It was a close game, and I think if I'm going to make a prediction that Bering Springs will beat them this time around. So the incredibly local not diving related news. But significant to us because this is going to be a really interesting weekend. Yeah. If, if you did a map of the schools in our area, it's like almost every single one of them made the playoffs. Uh, and some may consider that to be part of the problem of the playoff system. Because I'm, I'm kind of wondering at some point, these number, the, the amount of schools in the playoffs has to really shrink, or this will go on until February. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. I, I I think we're just going to even, well, I don't know. Should I? Should we do a joke? I just... I hate to waste the joke on bad audio. What, uh, what do you think? Well, I still have access to the to the stuff. If you really want to try going back to some of the news or not, this is unusual not to to do that. But yeah, go, people... yeah why, why don't you go ahead since you've got access? Why don't you go ahead and lead the news, and I'll fill in. <clears throat> okay, we'll just go through them in a, in a little bit of a hurry there. The other item that we're going to look at, and I'm having to. I, I don't know if anybody else has affinity. All I know is Xfinity sort of sucks, and that if you really, meaning it's slow, 
and it's supposed to be super fast. So I'm winding up having to copy my HTTPs, and then I have to go over to Chrome or to Foxfire and put them in so I can read them, which makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> I think there's a place that's my homepage that cost me big money would allow me to do that quick, and I have to go to Foxfire to be able to get the same thing. Now, that's just crazy talk. Makes no sense. No sense at all. And I just went to the Stanford, and then that won't come up either. I hate that. Teenager Holly scuba diving. Let's see if we can find it again. Nope, she's not going to operate for me there, so we'll try it one more time on the normal. And then watch a little circle go round and round and round. I hate that. So it's just not your computer that's doing that, you know. What's that? Screwing around with us. Oh, no. I'm trying one more technique before I give up on it. See what happens. Okay, now I got her. So if I don't care, I'll go back to the news thing on, on Holly. <clears throat> okay, 18-year-old Holly Newton successfully tried super diving on Saturday as part of the quest to try 52 sports in 52 weeks. Now, this is quite interesting. I can't even name 52 sports, can you? No. Audience, how many sports can you name? Anyway, Holly of Gretham, together with her siblings, have taken on the challenge to raise funds for cancer research in the UK. Scuba Dive was organized by the British Subaquatic Club, which is always doing something for diving, uh, in Derby as part of the This Girl Can Do or This Girl Can campaign to get more women involved in the sport. She defines the experience as frightening but interesting. And what it doesn't do is tell me the other items. Because I wanted to see what other items you went through. It's not really clear, is it? No. A uh, really good picture. Uh, uh, it's a good pull shot, but it doesn't give me the other aspect of the other items. And that's what I was hoping it would do. It. So we tried on that one. The last one you had, or not the last one, but one of the other ones you had was, this American pro is now a certified scuba diver. Do you remember that one? No. Well, what tennis pro can you think of that comes to mind? Anybody? Or do you follow tennis? <laughs> My kids are big into tennis, but, you know, other than the Vanessa Williams sisters, I, I don't follow much anymore. I mean, McEnroe was back when I kept track. Yeah. Well, I should not have brought this up because I cannot pronounce her name. It says says, American tennis star Coco Vanderwedge is making the most of her time off from the courts due to an ankle injury. The American player is now a certified scuba diver as per her latest tweet. Well, it's nice to know that... Uh, Scuba diving is a good recreational therapy item when you're recovering from an injury. It talked about the 23-year-old American player is currently ranked 40th in the world, down from her career best at 32 based on her injury. She has enjoyed one of her best seasons on the tour in 2015, including an appearance in her first-ever Grand Slam quarterfinal. So it's nice to see the pros out there actually getting out there doing other stuff, especially scuba diving. Your next item talked about volunteer team aims to set Guinness World Record and raise a million dollars. Well, I'm all for having a million dollars. This here looks closer to home, too, because it's in Houston. And it said Project Nautilus, a nonprofit organization created with the goal of breaking the Guinness World Record for the longest open water, and then it says, parentheses, salt water, scuba dive. <clears throat> it's on track to meet its goal of shattering the standard record and raising a million dollars for Make-A-Wish Foundation in the process. The group is trying to double the current world record by keeping a man submerged 20 feet under the ocean without surfacing for six full days. That's a long time. They're talking about the training dives are lasting eight hours, then 16 and 24. They're doing that sequentially, which makes sense. They're doing this from November 20th, 23rd at Sea Sports Scuba in Houston. The training pool will simulate the conditions they expect to meet. 
And then they said in December, they'll enter the waters of the uh, Caribbean from Coke, it looks like Coke Beach on the island of St. Thomas and the Virgin Islands. And uh, it will have a topside support team being responsible for air, food, water, communications, and the individual will hopefully remain submerged for six days or 144 hours. And while that's going on, they're going to have educational programs with their on-site sponsors, um, including a research project from the University of Buffalo. They're supporting coral reef conservation by cleaning and removing debris from a live reef. And it's going to be going on through the meaning the fundraiser all the way through until the diver emerges from the water. Now, that's an interesting project. It doesn't show is it going to be strictly scuba or will it be like a hard hat? Because we know from previous records, six, week, or six days in salt water is going to be very pruny to say the least. And we've also said, how do you sleep? You know, it doesn't say what are their, um, are they going to have like a, a chamber you can put your head into so you can sleep? how the people are going to relay down to watch you when you're trying to sleep. And, of course, it doesn't um, uh, talk about when you got to go, because if I was underwater for six days, I think I'd have to go. But uh, it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to a follow-up to see how well they did and maybe some details on how they did it, actually. Uh, you know, was it air chambers available for them? Was it scuba? Was it surface air? So I'm looking forward to seeing that. What do you think about that one? That's interesting. It's going to be. It's, it's, it's quite a challenge. It's, it's interesting also they're doing it in incremental steps, which I think is very smart. We're going to get the bugs out and get them out when you're in a place you can do something about it. Exactly. Your other article you talked about is the first U.S. flag passenger vessel off of scuba charter services to Cuba. And that is supposed to start already, actually, November the 4th. And that's going to be the motor vessels free uh, with a week-long trip during which 10 divers will experience the wonderful diving, wonders of diving in Cuba. Up to this point, citizens, U.S. citizens, have not been allowed to charter a U.S. flag vessel to scuba dive in Cuba since 1962. And obviously, they're thrilled to be able to lead the way. The uh, objective is to offer the opportunity for U.S. citizens to participate in person-to-person education, focused dives with U.S. departures. So that's a nice turnabout. We haven't seen that. There was an article we talked about last week on how pristine the waters are around Cuba. They have not been overfished, and the storms have been relatively gentle to them, especially on their coast that is more to the north. So glad to see that. I'm not sure if I'm going to be making arrangements for myself, but maybe we'll hear about somebody doing that. Now, what changed that possible? Well, we are now talking with them and establishing communication to Cuba. That was done several months ago. It's going to be interesting. Let me see how else they say about that real quick. Uh, that motor vehicle spree is authorized to travel as a provider to take U.S. citizens on diving excursions for educational opportunities. Department of Commerce has licensed the MV spree for educational research trips, and the Charter Gulf Reefs Environmental Action Team has been granted permission by the U.S. Department of Treasury to conduct people-to-people educational tours of Cuba. And it gives information if you're interested in contacting them and what's involved in it. They also have some nice photos that if you go to the site, it's pretty decent. I'd like to try it. Yeah. Your next article that you had was uh, Navy ship to become Baja's first artificial reef. And that was from the San Diego Union. And I'm looking at the picture of it they have on it. And it looks like an old destroyer that has been demilled and de, you know, the paint has been taken off. And I hate it when the pop-ups come there with audio. And it says, for three decades, the URIBE 
served as a patrol boat for the Mexican Navy. Now the 220-foot vessel has a new destiny. 90 feet under the sea is Baja California's first artificial reef, which surprised them being the first. Said it took them six years of knocking on doors, filling out permits, commissioning studies, raising funds to be able to do this. They estimate it'll take two years for full-blown underwater habitat to develop on or around the vessel uh, with kelp, strawberry, uh, enemies, octopus, lobsters, and darting schools of fish. The sinking of the ship will be the beginning of a dream. The 60-year-old architect and Tijuana restaurateur was president of the 45-member Baja California Divers Association. It's going to be uh, one of the comments was, people are going to see Mexico as a place to go out there and drink margaritas. I would say a <laughs> drinking the margaritas. So it's going to bring tourism to Mexico. Uh, they estimate, uh, according to the California Reefs, Ships to Reefs Organization, uh, the creation of reefs bring an estimated $4.5 million to the economy in the area in which they are, they're at. And again, because visiting divers book hotel, you know, hotel rooms, dine at the restaurants, rent boats, rent diving gear. Same thing here. If we were able to sink something outside of our harbors, we would increase our tourism tremendously. Said so far, the foundation has spent $600,000 towards the sinking of the ship. They said moving it from the port to where it's going to be at cost $100,000 alone. And a portion of the funds have been paid for scientific studies of the area to determine the most suitable location for the ship's sinking. It's going to be in about two miles offshore in fine sand with a bit of mud. It does not tell, it does not tell me the depth. Or at least I haven't seen it yet. Bottom line, I'm glad to see it happen, and I'm sure they are too. And I'd be really interested to see the return on their investment. I'm expecting that that uh, depth has to be at less than 100 feet, I would think. I would too. To make it really viable for tourists. Uh, you know, tech divers is one thing, but you want the guy normally certified who's down to 120. That's an opportune gap for them. It's good to see it. Uh, let's see what else you next had one. Rare find of Edo period ruins in Lake, and I'm just like I can't pronounce what the darn B I W A K O, Waco. Yeah, I, I don't have any guess at that one. And I'm trying to find the article that would give me more information, and it did not want to come up. So we're going to try that one more time. Keep showing me beautiful pictures of the ship they're going to put down, <laughs> but it's not showing me what I want to tell, which makes no sense. Okay, now we got it. Oh, this has got to be one of yours. It looks like you took the alphabet, doubled it, <laughs> the numbers up, and poured them out into four names. I cannot even think of how to pronounce any of these names, nor even spell them. See, it's just not me. Oh, no. This is magma, M-A-G-A-H-A-M-A, slash singla perfecta. I can't even tell you where that's at. But the bottom line, I'm looking at some pictorials. Says archaeologists have discovered the late Eldo period, 1603 to 1867, ruins of a suspected shrine in Lake Waco here. The archaeological group announced a rare find on November 4th, which is very, very recent. This is the first time that the pillars of an underwater structure have been found so relatively intact, said the professor of the, of the, the archaeology at the university. Uh, I'm taking a look at the picture. The visibility is not too bad, green, just like our, our pictures seem to be. And I'm trying to get a little item of how deep this is. So it's due to their unique structure, the researchers think the remains may have been a shrine dedicated to a deity that oversaw the castle or local area. The architecture or the archaeologist said it's likely this structure sank into the lake caused by a major earthquake 
as the ruins are located in waters deeper than those recorded in contemporary documents. Carbon dating of the pillars and earthquake records show the buildings probably descended to the lake floor following a magnitude 7.2 tremor that struck the region, struck the region in 1819. It's, it talks here that, depending on where you're at, the same earthquake is believed to have caused stones of certain ruins to sink four meters below the surface. So that's 12 feet drop from an earthquake. They said uh, using scuba gear, the team found eight wooden beams protruding from the lake bed at 100 meters west of the bank at a depth of 1.8 meters. Duh, six feet. That's why the pictures are so good. So archaeology is great. I think it's all in the eyes of the beholder. I like doubloons if we had any. Yeah, I'd, I'd take a few. And the last one we're going to talk about real quick is the one I had the most interest in and is the one that's also ambiguous attack. And that is, it's a Coast Guard not sure what submarine-type vessel is sitting off a of Florida coast. Duh. Now, you would think that if there really was a submarine of suspect origin off our coast, the Navy, as well as the Coast Guard, would be interested. What do you think? True or false? Uh, false. Answer. <laughs> <laughs> do you think they'd be interested? It's hard to tell. I would hope if they thought there was a submarine sitting offshore Florida, that our guys would go out there and take a look at it. Department of Homeland Security, I just like, what? They haven't looked at it. You mean if it's not security theater? Well, okay, I'm reading the poster right now. The picture is really ambiguous in fact. A mysterious submarine-like vessel appeared off the coast of Highland Beach just over a week ago, and its discovery has officials and beachgoers wondering exactly what it is and how it got there. Okay. The Coast Guard confirmed they investigated the object but don't know what it is. It was discovered by a gentleman uh, visiting his parents. It's only 20 foot long, shaped like a submarine, he says, beached 150 yards off the coast. The bright orange tail of the vessel caught his eye from the beach as it is clearly visible above the water from shore. Now, I looked at the picture and it ain't yellow, or I mean orange. <clears throat> the vessel is sunk at a 45-degree angle, and he went snorkeling around to take a look at it since it's shallow. He said, well, he thought it was a buoy or something that fell off a ship, but it's not that. He said, it's a cylinder, they said, yeah, cylindrical steel vessel, appears welded together. Inside, there is a six-cylinder engine and a battery. Outside, there are two hatches that appear to allow someone to get in and out. Estimates it's three and a half foot in diameter. So he took off some pictures, and this is what we got. But I'm curious, how does he know it's got an engine if he hasn't been inside? If he's been inside, then he knows the hatches are for that purpose. Yeah. Make sense? I'm going to guess he's, he's been in. Yeah. And if you did that, you would have taken pictures. Because my first thought was drugs. When, when I, I saw the report, I was, because they've been, it's been in the news for the last two or three years that the elves have been making subs in the angles. Yes. Bringing them out. And that's going to be my guess is that it made it and they landed and pinched it or something happened and it crashed. I'm, I'm guessing since it's near and nobody's seeing that there is any bodies that it was one where they, they smuggled and ditched it. But I'm curious, how does he know an engine is inside unless he went inside? And I wouldn't be looking for drugs. I'd be looking for that suitcase with that green stuff in it, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least to make sure it's not there. Of course, I would turn it in. Of course. Because I'm sure the, the government would give me at least 10%, right? Oh, yeah. And just not, just not out of generosity, they would, they would do it. But it really gets me. The, um, it said the Beach, Beach Palm Beach Sheriff uh, Office said they confirmed that it's out there, but they're not investigating it. Coast Guard said they issued a warning to Marines to put a light on the tail to alert bo uh, boaters. But they don't plan to tow it or look at it. So 
it's like he and his parents theorized it was used to smuggle drugs or other nefarious objects. What is that? Uh, ashore, but officials have not confirmed that. So I just look at that. I look at the pictures and tell you, in this day and age, the Navy, the Coast Guard, Department of Homeland Security has not identified exactly what it is, verified it doesn't contain anything nefarious, boggles my mind. But then again, people can come over on board and it doesn't bother them either or something like that. Or something like that. <laughs> so we did cover some news. That one really perplexes me. Or the state of our government really sucks. Well, are, are we ready for a joke then? Yeah. Do we still have anybody that's listening to us? <laughs> I'm uh, and, and I'm I'm kind of concerned what I'm going to find when I go to this. So it, this may be the one that might take a week to get out. I'm watching the audio. It's like this is like there. Being in the storm, drivers are loading and unloading and all sorts of stuff. Uh, as you've been talking about the phones and. It's Apple just had a complete mess, and they don't care. That's a problem. That's what motivates me is they've gotten so big. It's like, eh, well, it's your fault if it's a problem. As a side note, I see that uh, NASA, uh, in response to what we're talking about, the ship says uh, they're expected to sink it next month, and they might drive down for the sinking. Oh, nice. If you go, let us know. Yeah. Maybe do a little audio recording or something, and then we can call you up, and you can be on the air. I think that. Yeah, that'd be nice. Interview. What did you think of the sink? Yeah, yeah. So, back there with some information, like phone number or something, and get back to you, and we can get you on as a guest speaker. Yeah, we're always open for that. Are you interested? Let's see. Come on, give us a yes. <laughs> I'm watching to see if I can. High yes. pressure. Uh, okay, <laughs> she'll take video. That's even better. Yeah, yeah. Now, that thing is, as I'm having all these audio problems, I uh, have been working on uh, doing video, so I think we should be on pace for doing something video-ish in the uh, January time frame. Now, now we got to work on something here and get San Luis Sam back into the war. Looks like nobody wants to go out there. Must be the weather. Unseasonable. It's be warm and rainy, though. Know? Hey, you're in a kayak. You've got to get wet. we have to work on that. We, get, we need to get some more activity going on. Oh, reminds me. Let me see if I can... Uh... Where's my phone? Because we did have a... Uh... Actually, somebody had contacted me trying to find somebody to go diving with. I want to know if there's any dives going on this week. I'd tell them to make sure that you uh, check the, uh, the mud club part because that's where the guy usually put it. An email is usually the best. I don't forget it. But they did it in Facebook chat. Okay, I think it's, yeah, so here it is. And I don't want to read his name because he may not want anybody. So he, he was one who contacted me when I was in L.A. to do a dive. And so he's saying, is he, he's asking Monday, he asked if anybody's doing any diving this weekend or the weekend of the 21st. And I said, I bet somebody's diving, I'll find out. Do you know of anybody who's got plans to dive this weekend? Well, the weekend is not the 21st, so. Well, that's, I think that was his one. He's going to be both. Um, I have not looked. I thought the guys were talking about trying to get out. I do know, uh, I think it was planned yesterday. It is flat as a pancake. It's been that way three days. You can see the sandbar with no trouble. Uh, I was thinking basically maybe a pure drive this weekend because it looked decent. Now, everything will blow the heck in a handbasket tonight. By the way, what's Periscope? Um, Vanessa came back and said, have you guys thought about Periscope, about a video app you can invite people to? Yeah, Periscope uh, is a video streaming app, uh, kind of a, an add-on or augmentation to Twitter, but I don't believe you have to use Twitter. A lot of people are doing it for live streaming. So that uh, I do have the app on my phone and 
tablet. I need to look at it maybe a little more. That might be a streaming platform. I've looked at Ustream and some of the others, and I'm not happy with that. Um, and I haven't decided if audio I, – I think video, we may do the same thing we do with the audio and uh, do a program and then do a little post-editing. So there may be a live – what I think some people do is they record their normal multi-camera shoot and then edit it down, but then they'll have a cadence that just Periscope. Yeah. Uh, what you need to do is find out what's going to be our best platform, see what it's going to cost, and see if we can raise the funds to get that yeah. so we don't have this hassle. Yeah, the, the thing, the, uh, Periscope is free. Uh, what Periscope was designed for, to say you're some someplace and you see something going on and you want to video it, it's a, sending out a message saying, hey, I'm live streaming it, and then you stream it and everybody gets to share that stream. So it's designed really to be used on your phone and you hold it out. So that's, that's a possibility. The other thing is getting at a location with enough bandwidth to an adequate quality of streaming. So I'm thinking that uh, video may be one of those things or on the weekends we do video. Uh, a weekend thing, maybe. Well, like you were saying, though, is there a platform out there that may cost us some money to make sure we don't have issues like we do? And if so, let's see what it is. Maybe we have a, a fundraiser or something. Well, this one was just a rookie mistake. I usually, cause as I'm looking now, I've I should have waited. But, uh, it looks like it might be a couple of weeks before. I'm going to have to go to one of my backup systems and build it out. But I was not anticipating this much problems. I'm usually able to get by these updates. But uh, I refer to the microphone that I use, uh, which is probably you're hearing some, about half of what I'm good. Half sounds like it's in the tin can. Uh, and then the uh, just a bad oh, my audio mappings, uh, virtual settings are just not set up right. So one of those irritating things that happens with technology from time to time. Well, I'm looking forward to Vanessa going down there and taking a video. That would be cool. And that would relate to other people who may have opportunities to share something like that. After Vanessa, maybe that'll set a standard and we can get other people to do the same. I'd like that. I don't think it'd be neat. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead. I hope, they, go, I hope they get some good video. Of course, I wish I were going to, but... Yeah, you should go. You don't think you can make it? Uh, no, I'm going to be in Florida from the 19th on to the 30th. Yoo-hoo! That sounds fun. I'm looking forward to it. So are you getting ready for the for the uh, joke of the of the week? Yeah, I, I think we've got one. Okay. One ready. So, and in honor of, you know, this was uh, that time for those in the United States in November. We're about a year away from the well, presidential election. So this one will be those lines. So here we go. At the time, the government had this vast scrapyard that was located uh, in the middle of the desert. Congress, someone might steal the scrap at night. So they created a night watchman position and hired a person for the job. And Congress said, how does the watchman do his job without instructions? They created a planning department and hired two people, one person to write instructions, one person to do the studies. Then Congress said, how do we know the night watchman is doing his task correctly? So they created a quality control department to hire two people, one to do the studies, one the right to report. Then Congress said, how are these people going to get paid? So they created a timekeeper and a payroll officer position, and then they hired two people. Congress said, who will be accountable for all these people? So they created an administrative section, hired three people, administrative officer and assistant, uh, and a legal secretary. Then Congress said, we've had this command and out for over a year, $18,000 over budget. We must cut back overall costs. So they laid off the night watchman. It sounds about right. <laughs> it, unfortunately, it does. 
So just in that uh, election time of the year as we start entering in the hot spots of the political process. So next time, go out there and talk that and stay safe.